1: All right, so today's podcast is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. It is all about getting off the diet train and cultivating a healthier body image. So, for many of you who might have been following me for quite a while, so it would be almost two years at this point, know that I was not always in the dating and relationship space, but I originally started my business as a health coach. Specifically, helping women to get off the diet train, develop a um, holistically more healthy lifestyle, and to improve body image. And I could go into a whole big thing about why I switched. I won't do that right now. But one thing that I heard over and over and over again from my clients then, and also just women in the community, was, Veronica, I just want to lose weight. I just need to lose like five or ten pounds because. Then I'll feel better about putting myself out there. I'll feel more confident around men. Or I've heard things like, my husband is skinnier than me, and I don't feel comfortable having sex with him. And I heard these things over and over again, and I just thought, man, like, I've been there before trying to lose five or 10 more pounds, or whatever your magic number is, it might be 50 pounds, whatever you feel like you have to lose, it doesn't necessarily or doesn't bring the guaranteed happiness that we're looking for. And it certainly doesn't bring the man that we're looking for either. And I learned that the hard way. And so that's how I got into the dating and relationship sphere, because I wanted the confidence to come from another place besides what our weight on the scale was, or what our dress size was. And so that's where I am to today. And that's why I'm just so excited to go back a little bit more into the specific body image stuff and to bring a Titan in the body image world, Isabel Fox and Duke to you so she can so she can share all of her knowledge and wisdom and experiences with you. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her in just a moment. Before we get there, I just want to share two little things that I didn't mention in today's interview, but I think will be really helpful for you in cultivating a healthier mindset um, and and a mindset outside of the the diet or in in cultivating a healthier body image mindset as well. So two things. The first thing is when I'm trying to support a client to get off the diet train, because yes, body image comes up all the time in the work that we do, even a client might come to me before because of relationships or dating. But one thing I try to help them cultivate is a mindset of where healthy meets happy, right? So if you're dieting and trying to stick to a certain diet and it's not allowing you to go out to eat or to join friends for a happy hour, or you're constantly having to count what you're eating or keep track of all that kind of stuff, then you're really not in a point where healthy meets happy. You're at a point where healthy meets, I don't know, stressed or overwhelmed, something something like that. I've, I've totally been there before. Whereas being totally in the happy sphere, I mean, obviously it's subjective and it can go different ways but for me, like, pure happiness just sounds like eating ice cream in front of the uh, Netflix, in front of the TV, watching something awesome on Netflix, possibly Girlfriend's Guide Guide to Divorce or Down Abbey or something awesome like that, right? And so I can get a lot of happiness from that. But it's certainly not anywhere close to where happy meets healthy, right? So for me, what happy meets healthy looks like for me is eating, you know, 80 to 90% of the time, like how I feel most nourished, which is mostly plant based products, or foods, which is and also lots of fruits and vegetables, fresh food, home cooked foods, whole foods, not a lot of processed foods or refined sugar but i keep this you know this 20 10 to 20% of the time where i can just eat ice cream and just not feel freaking guilty about it or i can go out with my friends and go to a happy hour and not feel guilty about it or stevie and i can go to a wine tasting and get the cheese plate and not feel guilty about it because i'm at that point where healthy meets happy and so that's why i want, to, want would um that's what i want you to consider thinking about for yourself and what does that look like for you so it doesn't have to look like what it, it doesn't have to look like what it looks like for me but for you what is healthy meats happy looks like and i think if you really take an honest look at yourself does it make you happy to constantly count your calories or constantly count weight watchers point Yes, maybe you feel like you're losing the weight and maybe you feel better in that sense. But are you feeling emotionally better? Is it actually making you happy? Is it making you fulfilled? Or is it really hard for you then to go out with friends because you feel like you can't eat what they're eating and it just makes you stressful or you feel like you're constantly putting yourself in front of temptation? So that's something to think about. The other thing I also encourage my clients to do, and again, we have poor body image and I have to do this all the time myself, is to develop a gratitude practice that's specifically directed towards your body, right? It's so easy to sit there and complain about how fat our thighs look until we think about how maybe one day we won't be able to walk on our legs because I don't know, God forbid, we'll get in an accident or something like that. And we'll be a paraplegic and our legs can't, can't, carry us and I know that seems really really extreme but I think a lot of times especially especially us women who just feel like we need to look a certain way and I and I I know that's a societal thing that's um, put on to us by the media and patriarchal society and things like that. But but if you really think about it, like, oh, my gosh, like my legs can can walk, my legs can get me from place to place with relative ease, my arms can reach up to the, you know, to grab something off the bookshelf, my arms allow me to hug my children, or I can see or I can um, hear, you know, my ears are working my 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 sight is working. Um, My taste buds, my sense of smell is working. I heard a story in NPR the other day where a woman doesn't have a sense of smell. She lost it in an infection. And therefore, food doesn't taste like anything to her right now. And when you think about The things that your body does for you, it's really hard then to think, but it also needs to lose five pounds or I need to take a couple inches off my thighs. Um, But just finding gratitude for all the amazing, amazing things that your body does for you. It's my personal belief that our bodies are on loan from a higher power. And so it's not for us to to judge what our bodies look like, but it's our responsibility to take care of them, because again, they are on on loan. And so that's my perspective, obviously it doesn't have to be your perspective, but I still think that developing some sort of gratitude practice really helps to cultivate a po- more positive body image. And, and again, Isabel will talk a little bit more about this, or actually not a little bit, a lot more about this in our interview. Now, before we get there, I'm going to tell you about Isabel in just one more moment, but I, I promise, but I do have one quick announcement for you, which I'm super excited about. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it before the next date yourself challenge and the next dating mindset bootcamp, because yes, BS, both of those things are coming up. Um, but I decided I'm going to do another dating refresh. So you might remember I did a dating, dating refresh back in May and it was super fun, super successful. Everyone that joined got so much out of it and it was so much fun because it wasn't just like a webinar where you come on and like listen to me and like then you go home and blah, 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 right? It was very interactive. I walked you through a very specific process and then I opened the line to do direct coaching Uh, with the different with some participants on the call. And it was so fun. And I I just got so much positive feedback. And so I knew I wanted to do another dating refresh. So I've decided that about once a season, so let's say May was the spring. So this is summer now. So about once a season, I'm going to do another dating refresh for all of you all, but with a different theme or topic. Now, this season's topic, the summer's topic, is going to be all about how to establish routines and mindsets so that you feel happier and more joyful every morning when you wake up, just feeling like you're ready to take on the day. It's really interesting. So a few months ago, I surveyed the community here about, you know, what do you want? What do you want? Like, how do you want to feel? Or, you know, what do you what do you want most? And I know a lot of you all listening to this do want relationships and you do want to meet the love of your life. And I'm here to support you in that fully 100% every week on the podcast and beyond. But a lot of what the feedback that I got was almost, it was, it was more simple than that. There's like, I just want to wake up feeling good. I just want to wake up feeling not anxious and excited to start the day and happy about my life. And the thing is, is that when we wake up like that every single day, it's, it's easy to think, well, I need to change external things in my life so I feel better in the morning. And I've learned the hard way that it's not like that at all. It's actually the other way around. I find that establishing routines and um, habits and practices every, that I do every single day is what inspires me and grounds me and keeps me motivated every morning and allows me to wake up feeling refreshed and excited and not dreadful of the day. So and if also and if you're wondering if this impacts your relationships, the big and or the answer is a big fat yes, I truly believe in the law of attraction and what you put out is what you get back. And so if you just think about it, if you were feeling really good and excited and refreshed and happy every day, how would you approach dating differently? How would you approach the relationships you're in da- differently? How would you how would you act or be differently on on dates or with men that you're interested in or what would happen to your confidence level so the truth is that it absolutely does make an impact so the next refresh will be at the beginning of august and i'm sharing my exact routines and habits including my personal daily mindset practice to keep me where i need to be in an energetic uh, way to provide all this stuff that I do for you, but also just to have the the happiness I have in my relationship and and in my and in my life. So I'm gonna be doing this two different times to accommodate people from various time zones. So if you're in Europe or you don't work a nine to five or you work a nine to five and you're in the US, whatever it is, I've got you covered. Um and, oh, and also I've been getting a lot of questions about people wanting the recording from the first refresh I did back in May, which was all about getting rid of your perfect man list and redefining what you actually want in a relationship. So when you sign up for this dating refresh, I'll also send you the recording to um, to May's refresh just so you can have access to that and do all the exercises um, and things like that. So it's like a two for one kind of. All right, so to join us, and again, it's totally free, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash dating refresh and go ahead and sign up then. Now, again, depending on when you're listening to this episode, if you're listening right around the time of the recording or a few days after, make sure you go soon because it will be at the beginning of August. It'll be on my calendar in front of me. It'll be August 1st and 2nd, or maybe it's July 31st or August 1st. I don't have my calendar in front of me right now, but when you do sign up, you will have the dates and the times and the different, um, uh, links just to, to click, depending on when you want to, to join us when you sign up. All right. So again, that link is Veronica grant.com forward slash dating refresh. All right, so let's get to today's episode and back to my guest. So I've invited my new friend, Isabel Fox and Duke to share with you about how to not feel like a crazy person around food or in relationships, because as we talk about on the show, you'll see a lot of crossover and similarity in mindset and emotions when we feel crazy around guys we like or crazy around food. So she'll walk you through both of that. And let me just tell you a little bit about her because Isabel is quite amazing. So she's the creator of Stop Fighting Food a free video training program for women who want to stop feeling crazy around food. And after years of trying to overcome emotional eating, binge eating, and chronic weight cycling through traditional, that's in quotes, and alternative approaches, Isabel discovered some radical new ways to get women over their quote unquote food issues once and for all. Not just by shifting the mindsets of individuals, but by challenging the dominant diet culture as a whole. She's a fixture and a thought leader in the greater body positive movement, and she's been featured in the Huffington Post, Elle Magazine, Exo Jane, and has been praised by Licky, Ricky Lake. Her writing and free guide, How to Not Eat Cake, can be found at Foxanduke.com. And you can watch her free video training series at StopFightingFood.com. And by the way, we mentioned these links again, as well as some other links in the show. So you can get the links to everything I mentioned, including to the dating refresh, over at the show notes, which is at VeronicaGrant.com forward slash episode 80. Or, awesome trick, if it's, I know if you're using iTunes, I don't know about Stitcher and the other podcast apps. But if you're listening via iTunes, just tap the podcast screen and that will show the show notes and every link that's clickable will be clickable there straight from your phone. So you can access all of these resources and free trainings and the refresh that I mentioned throughout the show. All right. So as you're listening to my interview with Isabel, I want you to consider these questions. Do you feel like you always need to be in control? And do you believe that you need to lose like five to 10 pounds before you can date again? Or do you genuinely believe that dating would be easier if you lost some weight? And do you find yourself constantly on and off again, the diet wagon? And do you find yourself just hating your body and just not wanting to go out, whether it's with friends or with men, you just would rather stay home just because you feel crappy in the body that you're in right now? And do you crave just to feel normal around food and or men? All right. So keep these questions in mind as we listen into my interview with Isabel. All right, we are back, and I have Isabel Fox and Duke with me. Welcome to the show, Isabel. Thank you so much for having me, Veronica. This is so fun. It's like so. It's uh,
0: such a great opportunity to talk about a new subject. I'm very excited
1: to be. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it'll definitely be like a spin on what you teach women, but I think it'll honestly be very similar, you know, I agree. topic, because it's, I, I was, we were talking offline, and I was saying, I think you could really replace the word food or men, and pretty much have the same conversation. <laughs> that I've
0: I actually have. thought about that for my business. I mean, like, there have been moments where I've, cause for those of you who don't know, who are just tuning in. Um, sort of my tagline for my business, you know, how I describe what I do is I help women stop feeling crazy around food, right? Obsessing Mm -hmm. about food, um, feeling like they're doing the wrong thing or needing to do the right thing or, oh my gosh, like, you know, if I do it wrong, all hell is going to break loose and I'm just going to like, you know, my food is going to fall completely out of control and the worst case scenario is going to happen and you know, all of these sort of beliefs around food. And quite frankly, I have thought about, you know, maybe just switching it, just literally <laughs> replacing the word food and being like, I help women stop feeling crazy about relationships and dating, you know, um, <laughs> uh, because you really could, I mean, take the exact yeah. same principles. And and P.S. I've done that in my own life. Like I can attest to this, to personal experience, right? Like everything I teach with food and body, which is really just like basic principles of sanity, you know, um, everything I teach around how to, you know, basically help women reclaim their sanity around food, kind of, you know, not feel like it's such a big deal, trust themselves, all of these ideas, you could, I've, I've personally also used it in my life with dating, absolutely, so yeah, completely couldn't agree more that you could just take, you know, they're basic, they're kind yeah. of basic spiritual principles, you know, you can just sort of apply one from the other, once you really understand the depth of, wh- of what sort of causes these quote unquote crazy feelings, you know, obsession, like feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do it right, I can't do it right, I'm going to die alone, you know, once you sort of deal with those, um, when you deal with those feelings in one area, it's actually pretty, you can sort of see how you can apply them, yeah, how you can apply a lot of the same solution in a lot of areas, right, it really is oh, a yeah, spirit attitude definitely. shift more than anything, that's,
1: that's all it is. I, could, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I often say to my clients, like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it, you may not like, you know, it, it's funny, because a lot of times, obviously, people come to me for relationships and, and, and dating. And when we're working together, the amount of time we're actually talking about relationships is so minimal, because it affects, like, it's really actually perpetuating in other areas of your life that they weren't even aware of until that awareness was, you know, discovered. So... Um, Okay, before we get further, because I'm sure there's tons and tons we can talk about with this, I would love for you just to um, introduce yourself a little bit. I, I, you know, I gave you the official and I can't talk the official bio in the intro, but just a little bit about how you help women today. I know you've alluded to that. But then also, I would love to know how you got to where you are today and teaching what you teach.
0: Yeah. So, um, like I said, I help women stop feeling crazy around food, right? Which basically means I help women stop, um, you know, kind of engaging with a lot of the craziness and obsession and, you know, like behavioral stuff, like the yo-yo dieting and all of these things that often happen, um, when we're sort of participating in diet culture. And I'll, I'll just talk about really quickly or diet mentality, which I think we can apply in a lot of areas of our life, but I'll tell you really quickly how I got oh, into
1: um, I my dog is barking in the background so I apologize. <laughs> Everyone, someone cute. just knocked on the door so welcome
0: to join the
1: conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: But yeah, how I got into this was that I um, struggled with my relationship with food for my entire life, right? I was constantly on a diet. I was constantly falling off of a diet. I was constantly worrying about, oh my gosh, what's the thing that's going to finally get me thin? How am I going to do this? I can't go on with my life until I get there, right? My life can't start until I'm thin enough. Um, which is something we also kind of alluded to offline and I'm sure we'll talk about. But, you know, all of these things, it was like my life sort of revolved around finally getting to some weight that I deemed acceptable. And as a result, my life really revolved around dieting and food and trying to figure out how to control my food all the time and how am I going to do it right and, you know, what's the diet that's right for me or what's the way of eating that's going to magically fix me. Um, and you know, one of the symptoms of dieting, which some of you will relate to and some of you won't, but this was certainly my story and sort of how I got into this was one of the symptoms of dieting is like complete massive, like binge eating, falling off the rails, acting out rebellion. Um, you know, that was my life was, you know, feeling, Oh my gosh, I just got to do it right. I'm just going to hang on and try to control my food perfectly and just trying to, you know, okay, this is the thing I'm going to stick to it this time. I'm going to stick to my plan. Um, And then I would just fall completely off the rails. And I I think that this pattern of sort of being on the wagon and off the wagon does definitely impact a lot of areas of our lives and the way we live, including dating, by the way, which we can get to. But just to stick with food for a moment, you know, that was my life with food for a very, very, very long time, with constantly trying to figure out how I was going to fix my life by fixing my body, by, by fixing my food, you know, and never being able to, keep it up, never being able to, you know, do it correctly, always feeling like a failure, Um, falling off the wagon. I would have massive binge eating episodes. I would say, you know, screw it. And I would, you know, just be like, okay, I'm just going to eat the entire pan of brownies. And then tomorrow I swear I'm never going to eat brownies ever again. Right. And it was just the cycle, right. It was the sort of typical diet binge cycling or kind of yo-yo dieting cycle that I was in that I felt really trapped in. Like I couldn't get out of it. Um, and again, I think we do versions of this in a lot of different areas of our lives, right? Effectively, like kind of this diet binge cycle, this cycles of like trying to control, trying to get it right, and then being so frustrated and just being like, screw it, right? And just, you know, this sort of on and off black and white mentality in, in a lot of areas of our lives. But this was my life with food for many years. Um, I eventually did end up in rehab and treatment for binge eating disorder. Um, and that was sort of the beginning of trying to figure out, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like something is not right here. You know, how do I really change my relationship with food in my body? from the core, like from the root, like what's going on here. Um, and you know, it really was quite a like spiritual shift that I made over time. There are lots of different things that impacted my recovery from this way of operating around food that was so dysfunctional and so painful. Um, and you know, today I have a relationship with food where it's just food, you know, like it's just food. Like <laughs> I actually, I used to I used to never be able to do that, right? Like the, when people would say, hey Isabel, just eat, why can't you just eat like a quote unquote normal person? Why can't you just relax? You know, I would, I would be so angry when people would say that to me, but you know, after sort of, you know, really doing the work that I did spiritually within myself and also really addressing some of the underlying causes of this desire to control my body so badly and, you know, kind of addressing sort of some of the root issues with this whole cycle that I was in, you know, I was actually able to get to a place where I quote unquote eat like a quote normal person, <laughs> just a little bit of a tongue in cheek way of describing myself. Right. But really what we're talking about is just like a place of just peace, like relaxation, like I don't care that much, you know? Like I just eat what I eat. It's fine. I don't think about it. I'm not having these crazy binges or crazy restrictive cycles anymore. It just is what it is and I just can relax and just eat and it's just, you know, a thing that kind of I do for pleasure and for nourishment and I move on with my life. It's not racking my brain. I'm not constantly thinking about it. You know, and um, I I will say, you know, not to get too far ahead of the game, but, you know, I started teaching, you know, when I kind of got here with food, I started teaching this, obviously, with um,
1: women around
0: food. But I've had very, very, very similar experiences and applied very, very similar concepts in my recovery from, quote unquote, feeling crazy around relationships, which I have definitely also struggled with my life. (laughs) in my life. And I feel like it's very similar. Um, It's very similar kind of core base changes within myself that I had to make in order to get to a place where I could like, you know, just date and have fun and just meet people. And, you know, if we hit it off, we hit it off. And, you know, I can naturally enter into relationships and I can also be totally happy being single and it's fine. And, you know, like all of these, just not feeling crazy in relationships basically, and just like feeling really good about myself, like wherever I am, And as a result, having like really healthy non-codependent relationships when and if they come around and when and if they come along, um, so yeah, I don't know. I kind of jumped the gun there, but um. yeah, no,
1: that's definitely a topic I want to get to. Um, I I would love for you to just share a little bit about. You know, you said it was a, a spiritual process for you to get out of the the binge cycles, and I know a lot of women listening to this. Again, even though they're listening because of relationships and dating, they can definitely um, relate to the constant diet. I mean, a lot of people come to me originally because I was originally a health coach talking about weight loss and they've just stayed along with me along my transition. So what we're, you know, for someone who is in that cycle right now, um, what, what are a couple things that they can start doing right now? Or something. I mean, people always ask
0: me like, what are like the actionable steps? Yeah. And it's hard for me to give specific actionable, right. step, actionable steps. It's more like addressing the underlying beliefs and recognizing yeah. what you're doing. And like being like, whoa, that's what I'm doing and kind of challenging that and like kind of seeing what's going on really for the first time. So I'll just start with probably the biggest overarching concept that I talk about both with food and that I talk about with myself in my personal life, not just like dating and relationships, just like in most areas of my life is. You know, I really this constant obsession with trying to control outcomes and trying to control the way things should be and feeling like my life is dictated by like the picture I think it should look like um, is a huge, huge topic that very, very, very much um, influences how I work with women around food and body and sort of really letting go of that, like letting go of what I think it should look like, letting go of like feeling like, Oh my gosh, I need to do the right thing. You know,
1: like feeling like, Oh, none um, of my listeners have control issues. Like that's not a thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. these were all just, the <laughs> just for a moment, but again, I think that these could easily be applied to relationships. Yeah, like yeah. within the context of food, like so much of it had to do with being able to actually let go and release a little bit of control and really allow my food to be what it was because it was ironically these attempts at con- trying to control my food all the time and freaking out if I got it wrong and freaking out if I quote unquote fell off the wagon or ate something that I didn't feel like I had to, could could eat or you know, kind of feeling hysterical about my body. You know, these, this anxiety around food in my body actually spurred on not only just, you know, feeling of like mental and ins- you know just a feeling of insanity and just a lot of emotional pain but it also spurred on a lot of my binge eating behaviors right like binge eating in my opinion is very much a sort of rebellious reaction to feeling like you know I have to sit on my hands to trying desperately not to eat right like I often give the um I often give the metaphor of binge eating as like, you're, you're quote, you're dieting, which I use that term broadly, meaning you're trying to lose weight, right? You're trying to lose weight, you're trying to do the right thing with food, and you're like, okay, I gotta get it right, I gotta do it this time, I gotta make my body look a certain way, and I'm like hanging on, just trying to do the right thing. I'm like hanging off the side of the cliff, just by my fingernails, trying not to fall off of the cliff, like just trying to just hang on tight, to whatever that, you know, rule that I'm trying to stick to or whatever that sort of boundary that I'm trying to stick to around food that makes me feel safe and makes me feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay. I'm finally going to lose weight, blah, 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 right? Every time I would stick, I would hang on, just hanging on by my fingers nails, right? Like I used to think to myself, like I basically was saying to myself, like don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, don't mm-hmm. eat, right? Just hey, trying to hang on to this diet, right? Or this restrictive, this restrictive mechanism around food. And it was like the harder I clung like the harder that I would hold on, trying not to eat the thing that I thought was wrong or trying not to eat quote too much or try not to do the wrong thing with food. The harder I tried to control it, the more, the, the bigger the rebellion would be, right? Like yeah. the bigger the binge eating episode would be, you know, the, the farther I would fall when I inevitably did let go. Right. When that time came where I just couldn't take it anymore and I was like, ah, screw it. It would just be such, it would be like the floodgates would open and I would just go on a rampage with food, right? And, and again, this was my personal experience with binge eating. But I really sort of started to recognize that those episodes happened as a reaction to this mm, to this clinging, to this trying to get it right, to this trying to make it go a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a, it actually, we now know there are lots of biological mechanisms that are involved with this. You know, people always say, like, quote, diets don't work. That's what this is part of what they mean is that oftentimes when you put somebody in a
1: cage and tell them not to
0: eat something, right, they're going to feel really compelled to want, they're going to want to eat it more, right? right. Like they're like it's like, don't story. press
1: that red button.
0: <laughs> exactly. Don't press the red button. Don't press the red button. You're like, God, I wonder what the red button does. You know. And so this is, this is very much um, psycho. I mean, there are biological reasons, but this is also very, very psychological. And I think that there is also just something about, like feeling like you're in a cage, like feeling like you're deprived, feeling like you can't really be, be yourself. And then just, ah, uh, you know, just like these wild kind of outbursts. And just that was the cycle that I was in for a very, very long time. And if you want to, you know, to, so really so much of my problem around food was started ironically, this feeling of out of control, this feeling like, Oh, I'm just such a failure. I suck. I can't stop eating blah, blah, blah was actually, happening in correlation with my constantly trying to control it and make it go my way and being super attached to the outcome being a specific thing and I need my body to look this way, I need my food to be look this way. Right. These two, this trying to control and this feeling like I'm totally out of control and I'm failing miserably were two sides of the same coin. Right. Right. This trying to make it go a certain way and this feeling like shit when it didn't work, in quotes. They were two sides of the same coin. One doesn't exist without the other,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like you can't fall off of a wagon you're not on. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the truth is like, when I just started relaxing and sort of was able to let go of that grip, right, a little bit and really kind of relax, listen to my body, develop self-trust, and obviously these are, again, big concepts, right. you know, that I spent right. spend hours teaching, right? But when I was able to really start to think about letting go and sort of letting go of the reins a little bit, being comfortable with my food being a little messy, right? Those wild rebellious binge eating episodes stopped happening, right? Yeah. It was like, I was giving myself the space to be myself with food. And as a result, I wasn't rebelling against these like deprivations that I was putting around myself. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Well,
1: so right let there. me ask you, let me ask you a question. So part of my story and those listening will may be familiar if they've been listening to me for a while part of my story with getting out of the the diet cycle that i was in is i was i was for me i was a calorie counter and i used my fitness pal for forever like and then before that it was all in my head and i eventually it's a long story i won't get into it but i stopped that because i had, i had worked on the obama campaign i was like not really I didn't have time literally to count calories, like literally there was no time. And so I was exhausted and sleep deprived and all those things after the campaign ended. And so I was literally too tired to start counting again and so what I did instead is I had these vegan friends and they would always post their pictures it was like when vegan veganism was becoming more trendy and all that kind of stuff and they'd post pictures and they just like really loved food from like a full sensory experience and I was like oh my god I want that relationship with food and and so I like pretty much overnight decided to become a decided I was going to become a vegan and I'm not a vegan anymore but at the time it served as like because I didn't know how to eat without like having basically like rules. Do you know what I mean? And and so it gave me rules to follow until I was, I guess, able to build more self-trust and you know listen to my body as to what it needs and when it needs milk and when it needs dairy and or or, um meat or whatever stone right so you're letting go
0: of restrictions like slowly but surely yeah
1: so i'm so that was my experience but i'm just kind of curious to hear either like what your experience was or what you've seen um other women who are like okay like i get it like the dieting thing it doesn't work but i don't know how to eat when there's no rules, because otherwise, I just go crazy. And I just don't know what to do. Um, So what what, what would you say to that?
0: Yeah, so for so typically speaking, in sort of the recovery circles, when it comes to quote food issues, the most commonly the most common answer to that question, and certainly what I think, you know, what I definitely recommend as sort of this like stepping stone to recovery, right? Mm -hmm. Is practice of intuitive eating, So intuitive eating is like a huge buzzword. If you Google intuitive eating, you're going to find a bunch of stuff. Intuitive eating is, is I would say probably like the most typical or most classic, um, sort of program or sort of method that people Mm -hmm. talk about as sort of this like step down into, you know, if not dieting, then what, like, what does it actually mean to eat, without dieting. I think a lot of women don't, can't wrap their brains around that. I certainly couldn't wrap my brains Mm -hmm. around it. Like in my mind, if I wasn't dieting, I was just eating pans of brownies and just like running through my cabinets, like a wild animal, just like shoveling, like, you know, peanut butter and jam into my mouth. Like in my mind, it was either you're on a strict diet or you're binging. Basically there was no in between. There was no There was no concept of, quote, unquote, just eating like a normal person where you just sort of like eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full and then just, you know, don't really think about it that much. Um, So intuitive, the practice of intuitive eating, which, again, not my idea. Intuitive eating is a thing that people have been talking about for a while. I highly encourage anyone who's not familiar with intuitive eating and who has a dieting history to check it out. Um, But intuitive eating is basically sort of answers the question, if not dieting, then what, right? Like if not dieting, how do I actually, what does it even mean to eat without dieting? Like what does that even look like? Um, And so there's a lot of kind of components to I think like fully recovering from dieting and fully recovering from diet mentality and fully recovering from this sort of like dysfunction around food, which is often also very much emotional. And there are lots of different things involved. A lot of my clients identify as like quote emotional eaters and all these other things. There's a lot going on. But for starters, as like the first entree to the question, if not dieting, then what, I would definitely recommend, I'm definitely a proponent of, of, quote, intuitive eating, which is the practice of actually checking in with my physical body and asking myself like, am I hungry, am I full, what am I hungry for? Most dieters have completely lost touch with their natural biological instincts around food, right? Like this is very, very problematic. But one of the biggest issues with dieting is that we literally forget how to do something that we were born instinctively knowing how to do. Like if you look at babies eating baby food, they'll like eat the baby food until they're done with the baby food and then they kinda like push it away from their mother's, they'll push the spoon out of their mouth, right? Like at some point it's like they just know when they've had enough we all as babies naturally knew how much to eat, what kind of foods we liked. Like We just sort of naturally weight regulated as babies. Um, and as children, basically up until the point that we started dieting, we kind of had like a pretty intuitive, right, natural relationship with food where we, we didn't really even have to think about it. We right. just kind of like ate the thing. So intuitive eating, which is really about, whoa, reconnecting with that, reconnecting with my body. Remember, this is about Hunger. This is about fullness. This is about what your body actually needs for nourishment. Remember all those biological signals inside that you've been ignoring, you know, in exchange for following your fitness pal app or whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> counting points or counting your calories or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we need to get back to, right? If you don't get back to that, you're probably going to continue to diet and cycle. Or if you're, quote, successfully dieting, which is a very, 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 very small number of people who don't end up binging or don't end up re- rebounding, like it's literally like less than 5% of dieters will end up binging, rebounding, yo-yoing within three to five years of their first diet, right? If that is, if you're in sort of falling in the camp of people who are just like buckling down and just like just figuring out how to restrict successfully, you're probably miserable, right? You're probably not like feeling super happy about your relationship with food so yeah so intuitive eating is sort of like let's come back to ourselves let's come back to our bodies and how our bodies actually feel let's reconnect with our biological instincts which is a very physical practice. It's like kind of a technical practice in many ways. Like really, this is this is science, right? It's like, wow, you actually have hunger signals. You know, like when you go into a blood sugar, like when your blood sugar crashes and you go into a calorie deficit, you actually get like a growl in your stomach that's made by stomach acid, right? There's very physiological things happening. This is not a woo-woo concept. You can actually learn how to listen to your hunger signals to know what and how much to eat and when, right? That being said, the implications, the greater implications of listening to your body to make a decision about anything, are huge from a spiritual (laughs) perspective. Huge, right? Like, I mean, like we could talk about this in the in the realm of dating, or in the realm of any of life's issues, right? I mean, some of the biggest problems women and people face is that they are not listening to themselves, right? We've lost self-trust. We keep trying to like make it look the way we think it needs to look according to the outside world and therefore completely disconnect from like actually our authentic desires. We cut ourselves off and then we constantly feel either deprived or confused or indecisive, right? And in reality, right, like these, we as children, like as babies, before society got to us, were pretty good at making decisions about what we wanted to do, right? We weren't all that confused about what we wanted, when we wanted it, how much of it we wanted, you know, these are things that are kind of natural within us. So I hope it's, um, hopeful to you guys that you can actually relearn how to do this. Um, certainly on the food front, relearning it on the emotional front is a little bit more challenging, but learning it on the food front is like baby steps. It's like, the first frontier. I think for me, intuitive eating was like the beginning of learning how to listen to myself in a lot of other areas of my life, but it was actually easier. It was easiest to start with food because it's so physical. Um, and in many ways more obvious in quotes than listening to myself in these sort of other emotional arenas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally, totally get that. Um, I'd love to go back to, you know, we were when we were babies. We knew how to intuitively eat, um, and then of course society happens in socializa- socialization, diet culture. I know you talk a lot about that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that within the context maybe of of um, um, dating and just how it all kind of mixes together and makes us feel like we have to be uh, look a certain way in order to get the guy and kind of like where that breakdown happens and. Bit yeah, that.
0: I mean, well, there's sort of like two components to that question. Mm-hmm. One is just sort of like the sociological pressure on women to become thin, right? And as a way of sort of acquiring attention and love from whoever, but certainly the male gaze is a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of like one issue that I'll talk about in a second. But then this other issue of like listening to yourself in the context of relationships. I think one of the biggest problems in relationships for me that I've found is that like, we are constantly getting the message. You better be in a relationship. It better look this way. You better be married by a certain age. You better have kids by a certain age. (laughs) Also, in addition to getting the social pressure of you need to look a certain way in order to quote, get a man or get a relationship, you know, any gender, Right. right? there's also this other pressure of like, you need to be in a relationship period and it better look this way probably like heteronormative relationship in which like, you know, you are married by X age, you have children by Y age. Right. And like the person that you are with has to satisfy X, Y, and Z checkbox list and questions. Right. So there's lots of different ways in which we are, our dating lives are affected by our culture. Right. I think like most of our lives, most of our big decision-making process, like any area, I'll just speak for myself personally, every area of my life in which I've struggled has been an area of my life that's heavily, heavily impacted by social pressure in some way. Mm -hmm. Whether I was aware of it or not, um, like when I really look into it and I really start to explore it, I can recognize like, oh yeah so much of my challenges in relationships and food and my body have have to do with these external social forces that sort of like confuse me. Right. And like keep me from being able to just make choices and feel like free in what I do. I just, cause I constantly feel pressure about like what needs to happen. Um, so yeah. So, uh, yeah. So as far as the sociological pressure to be thin as a way of attracting quote unquote male gaze, This is really, 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 really problematic for a variety of reasons, but one of the most obvious ways in which it hurts people is like, there's this idea that, um, aside from the fact that it's just generally sexist and misogynistic right (laughs) putting that aside um it's also really problematic because dieting is really harmful for women and i would say in a lot of instances right like saying you know ignoring your hunger and like ignoring your hunger signals and sort of ignoring how your body feels so that you can try to control it and make it look a certain way that might not even be natural or healthful for you is um something that's really dangerous for women. Like it's physically harmful, it's emotionally harmful, it's psychologically damaging, like it's a really, really big problem, right? Like dieting is is the number one risk factor for disordered eating, you know, obviously, but I think just in general, even women who are just struggling with just the craziness around food and, and the craziness around body image and the feeling like shit about themselves if they ate the wrong thing or if they are the wrong weight, right? This is absolutely a very toxic um, culture, diet culture is a very toxic culture for—I'll just speak for women, but I think all people, but certainly for women—to participate in, right? So, you know, for me personally, and I'll speak from personal experience. So, sort of at some point in my recovery from all of this craziness, like I made the decision that any person. Who didn't fully accept me at my natural size, the size that's just easy for me to maintain when I'm just taking care of myself and not trying to manipulate my food, but just actually feed myself appropriately as what to what feels nourishing and what feels satisfying for me. All stuff you'll learn in the intuitive eating book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right when I was just really taking care of my body and not trying to constantly manipulate, manipulate, manipulated size, but just sort of feel, do what feel felt right and helpful for me physically, emotionally, and otherwise. Um, if I, I made a decision at some point in my recovery that it was a requirement for me in dating that I was not going to date anyone who wasn't comfortable with my natural size. where it it naturally ended up, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you don't wanna be with me at a size that I can comfortably maintain, we're just not the right fit, right? Because in order for me to be with somebody else, I would have to harm myself. I would have to hurt myself. And that's not something that I'm willing to do for any relationship, right? Like for me, like at some point, I feel like the most powerful decision I made when it came to body image, because dating was a huge trigger for me, Okay. And healing my relationship with my body, and healing my relationship with food. Like I felt so much pressure to be thin for the purpose of quote unquote getting into a relationship. Um, at some point, I just made that decision. I was like, you know what? Like if I have to like enter into this diet and cycling thing again, if I have to screw around with my food, if I have to force my body to do something that's not like fully natural and comfortable for it, this is just not the right fit. You're just not the right person for me, period, and end of discussion, right? right? And irrespective of size, like, the reality of the situation is that while there are tons, while there are, you know, people who are attracted to all sorts of different body types, of course, there there would be men who are not interested in me. There are men who just want to date women who look like Giselle Buncheon and I just don't want to date them, yeah. right? It's just, like, it's just not the right fit. It doesn't line up. Thankfully, there are tons of guys who think that my body's perfectly sexy and fine the way it is, <laughs> And quite frankly, even if I was much bigger than I am, even if I was much larger than I am, even, you know, I I, that would still be the case. Right. Like I know so many amazing, wonderful plus size women, larger bodied women, you know, who I work with very closely in the work that I do. Right. I'm very, you know, I consider myself to be a body positive activist, like, you know, fighting on behalf of all sorts of every body type across the spectrum the plus size women, the larger bodied women that I know, they all are having wonderful sex lives. You know, For the most part, they're all dating and, and just they have made the decision that part for them, part of health, having a healthful dating life is dating men who like them for who they are, right? And dating, or again, women, I'm being very gender normative right now, but you know, dating people, right? And entering yeah. into relationships, whether they be casual relationships, sexual relationships, or long-term relationships, being really like committed to, find- who expect huge body that you have is sort of a huge, big deal when it comes to healing your body image, right? I don't think, for me personally, I became very, very clear that if I was going to get into a relationship with somebody for whom I had to diet, that relationship was always going to be at risk. I was always going to feel insecure mm-hmm. and nervous. I was probably, I wouldn't be able to relax around food my whole life
1: yeah.
0: if I ended up marrying, let's say, a person who required that I be a certain size yeah um so yeah so that's that's my answer
1: to that. yeah I I so appreciate that I, I know a lot of women listening will appreciate hearing it because one of the hardest things I think that I think my job is when I'm working with clients and women in my community is you know I have to be thinner so that you know it'll be easier to date it'll be easier to to get guys um I'll feel more confident you know whatever it is and it's it's so hard to just like Decide to not believe that, right? It won't be easier because
0: dieting is not easy. Do you know, Even if it were true that theoretically more people would be attracted, let's just say you get a bump up of like 3% more people being attracted to you because you lost 20 pounds or whatever the case, right? Even if you get this like little jump and more people who are willing to date you because you lost weight, the reality of the situation is that doesn't make dating easier. That means if you end up with one of those 3%ers, if you end up with one of those 3%ers who wouldn't have dated you at your previous size, you're stuck. You have yeah. to die for the rest of your life. And if you fall off, you are at risk of losing your relationship. Do you really want to be in a situation where you have children with somebody? You know, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, you gain weight that you can't control, and now you're afraid your partner that you have kids with is gonna leave you? It's my worst nightmare. I literally can't think of anything worse. Like I would so much, so much, so much rather like strip down the number of people mm-hmm. who are willing to date me and actually create like a, have a much smaller pool of people that I know that I can feel secure with for the long haul than have a big number of pool pool of people and end up picking the wrong one who's going to leave me. Cause I gained 20 pounds after I had our first child. Right. You know, I mean, that is a nightmare. Like, it is so much more important, right? I mean, like really, truly, it's like if you are not with somebody who fully accepts you, embraces you for who you are, which probably means being cool with whatever weight you're at now, even if it were to change in the future, right? It starts with accepting you the way you are right now, right? If mm-hmm. that is not there as a baseline, you don't have a relationship yeah. Like yeah. that relationship is so fickle. It is literally not worth your time. You are wasting your time. You're putting yourself at risk of serious heartbreak and pain down like down the road, yeah. right? You are much better off weeding out whatever assholes wouldn't want you at a different size, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, or wouldn't want you at the size you are now. If you're with somebody who literally wouldn't want to like go on a first date with you at your current size or wouldn't want to be with you long term at your current size, guess what? That person is probably not a safe person to be married to. Trust me. Trust me, you do not want to be married to that person. That's like a hellish life. It is not easier. It's way harder. Like that is how people get seriously fucked over in relationships. Don't do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. And I don't talk necessarily about weight specifically, but I can think of so many other things like, women feeling like they have to play down their financial successes cuz it might intimidate a man or lie about the PhD or the masters that they have and it's like well it's the same thing it's like are you just never going to tell your husband that you have a masters right. or that you make a certain amount of money or that you actually own your home and not rent it's it's
0: it's the it's, same you thing you can't trick somebody if you trick somebody into dating you if you basically pl- pretend that you're somebody else in order to get somebody into a relationship the worst case scenario is that it works and that's the <laughs> relationship you know what i mean the worst thing that could possibly happen Is that it works and now you're in a relationship with somebody who you cannot be with yourself with and you have to contend with all of the heartbreak of, do I break up with this person? God forbid, do I divorce this person if it's gotten down that far, right? It is not a good idea. It is a very, it is a long-term horrible strategy, horrible strategy. You know, people always are surprised with me. Like I actively put pictures when I'm doing like social media and I'm dating online and stuff, I'll actively put pictures of myself that like show my stomach rolls. Like I'll like... Full on, be like, "Hey, this is what I look like in a bathing suit. Like, I just want to make sure you're cool with this. I don't want to false advertise because if you're not cool with this, it's not going to work out. You know, like it's just like being so so honest with who. The more honest you can be about who you are, the more the less less time you're going to waste people who aren't right for you.
1: Right? Yeah, and and, I mean, it's not about getting to the second and third date. You know, it's about." you know, creating love in a relationship. And so, yeah, maybe if you were 20 pounds, maybe you, lighter, you could get to the second or third date or the first date or whatever, but it's not worth it. It's just a waste of time and energy.
0: Yeah. You're definitely not going to find your, you know, quote
1: unquote soulmate that way. Yeah.
0: You know, like you're definitely not like, you're not getting yourself into any relationship that I would want to be in.
1: Right. Right. So, um, how can we, and, and this might just be like another question that's like, boom, like, I know it's something you work, months with, with your clients, but how do we begin to improve our body image?
0: Oh God. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big question. Um, God, well, so for starter, so this has kind of been like a theme today. So let's mm-hmm. just talk about sort of like the cultural and sociological aspects. Sure. Um, one of the most simple, practical, practical, like actionable steps, That's almost like, it's almost like, you know, improve your body image for dummies, right? Like one of the most simple, most obvious, uncomplicated things that you can do, first of all, is just start really um, curating what images you're looking at in in the media, Mm -hmm right? I think people highly underestimate. It's like everyone knows that the media affects your body image and like looking at like six foot tall, 110 pound models all day isn't good for your brain. But like, no, seriously, it's really, 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 really bad for your brain. Like it's not a joke. It's not something to take lightly. You will be shocked at what happens to your mind when you start looking at images of plus size women online, larger body people online, people who are your size or bigger there are so many amazing women out there who are actually really clearly representing sexiness and fashion and you know these really aspirational images these like gorgeous beautiful women in all sorts of different diverse shapes and sizes right and even just looking at those images Over time, if you just looked at images of body positive images, that's what I call them, body positive images, which basically just means images of women who aren't just six foot tall, white, 110 pound women, right? Like just body diversity, just checking out lots of different body types and all their glory. If you actually made an impact, like if you actually made an effort intentionally on social media to start following people who were, you know, I always say your size or bigger is a good place to start on social media and saw like, whoa, that's crazy. I actually really like outfit oh wow she's actually kind of sexy or maybe I don't find you know and and you'll notice also what you find sexy like what you what you start to think of as um I hate to use the word like quote tolerable but some people actually feel really uncomfortable when they start looking mm-hmm. at larger bodies on the internet and then over time they're like oh actually yeah like that's just her body and like it's all good um right mm-hmm. over time if you start to like kind of rebrainwash yourself by looking at images of quote unquote real bodies, which I also hate to say, because I think that then women have real bodies too.
1: Um,
0: But if you start looking at body diversity on a regular basis and really seeing the wide spectrum of body types that actually exist, that are hella sexy, people are like having awesome dating lives, women who are super happy, super, you know, happy relationships, all these types of things, who have awesome careers, awesome clothing, right? If you just did the one thing of just starting to make an effort to look at these images on a regular basis by following, I don't know, like plus size models, for instance, on Instagram, mm-hmm. it would make a huge difference, like in a month, in less than a month. But like, if you just did it, like looked at images like that for five minutes every day for a month, your brain would literally start to morph. Like you would literally start to feel more open-minded about what the beauty standard is, right? Yeah. Like what's an acceptable and okay kind of body to have. You'd actually start to see beauty in different things. Right? And that's really the beginning, I think, of doing body image work, or not the beginning. I'll, I'll, there's a couple other steps that I wanna mention, but certainly an important part of doing body image work is like just opening your brain up a little bit, just starting to expose yourself to the concept of body diversity starting to actually just expose yourself to different kinds of ideas of what beauty means. Mm-hmm. Cause right now in the media, probably you're only seeing one type of beauty. You're probably only seeing like one type of representation of beauty. That's very narrow and very specific. Um, and it's, you'll be shocked at like what it can do for you to start looking at body positive images online. So that's like a obvious specific one
1: that people can do. What are some, um, do you have some favorite accounts or hashtags? Yeah.
0: Well, so, and it kind of depends on what you're into, right? So I always say like your size are bigger. So like, depending okay. on where you are, different images are going to resonate. So plus size models, interestingly enough, could be anything from like size six to size 24. Yeah. Like, that's the, irony <laughs> about, like <laughs> that's the irony of like, when we talk about plus size models is that plus size model, basically it just means not straight sized model. It just means not zero double zero to four. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as a person, like, so for me personally, like, you know, initially, like I really wanted to like look at images of women who were like kind of my size ish or a little bit bigger. Um, and so I kind of sought out plus size models who kind of fit that idea. Um, again, it's hard because, you know, models often there's other, you know, they, they, um, no one's going to look exactly like you right and that's not necessarily the point i mean i think getting a diverse range of images in your brain is really really important like i also look at regularly at images of women who look nothing like me and like really try to actively like perform the skill right exercise my brain by like looking for the beauty in all sorts of different images of women Um, But yeah, so I'd say depending on where you're starting it kind of depends on where you are some of the most famous body positive accounts Like if I just wanted to throw out there like so there's a model named Ashley Graham Who is you know, she probably has a couple million followers. She's sort of like the face of body positivity right now She's super super like the ideal like beauty type, which can be triggering for some people, but she's a size 14 right and so like actually seeing somebody who's just like this ridiculously gorgeous model is like super super sexy who's a size 14 it can kind of be like whoa that like just hey, had gave my brain a little like ride for you know spin 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 around you know like I just kind of <laughs> just had a moment where I was like whoa I feel really confronted because like she's so gorgeous and like I like she's super sexy and she's a size fourteen and I didn't even like know that that was possible you know like and so I think that she's an interest she's like kind of like body positive light like she's like a good introduction to body positivity because she doesn't. She's not super threatening or confronting to people who are struggling with a lot of fat bias and a lot of weight bias and a lot Mm -hmm. of just fear around size. Um, So yeah, so Ashley Graham is like a super famous one. Um, One of my favorite body positive accounts is one of my closest friends, Virgie Tobar, because she's a super famous, outspoken, fat positive activist. Um, And she is just, she just has like incredible images. Like she is just living her best life in like a untraditional, non-traditional fat body. Right. You know, like she is just living her life in the body that that God gave her, so to speak. And she made the decision at some point that she wasn't going to hate herself for it. Like she was just no longer going to spend all day at the gym, like trying to like make herself different, which I'm, you know, I'm sure Mm -hmm. she tried for decades. And then she was like, I can't, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I want to go have sex with people now. I want to date people now. I don't want to keep Waiting um, to yes. live my life until I'm thin—it's a horrible way to live. And the truth of the matter is, is because dieting is so ineffective for most people, and most people don't keep weight off for very long, a lot of people end up just never dating and never getting out there, quote unquote, which you know, is like yeah. a language thing. Yeah. But like uh, you know, just never, just never mm-hmm. allowing themselves to enjoy the pleasure of romance or the enjoy enjoy the pleasure of like meeting new people or even just having fun with their girlfriends like you know what I mean like people just literally stay inside because they're just ashamed of their bodies right and I think that this is it's just so sad because the truth of the matter is is like there is no magic diet bullet guys like I don't know if you got the memo that diets don't work (laughs) you know like but like There really isn't, right? It's like the best that like you can do is just sort of like take care of yourself and see where your like natural body size ends up, right? Like wherever it ends up, which is gonna be different for different people, You know, it's just kind of gonna be what it's gonna be like at some point You've got to let it go this desperate attempt to try to control all the time because it's gonna It often will even lead to more rebound weight gain binge eating yo-yoing all of this stuff that I was talking about earlier Right. It's super not helping you at all right at some point. It's like, okay, like put the, like the, the rule, the, whatever the bat down, you know, that you're hitting yourself with, like, put it down and just be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go enjoy my life right now. I'm just going to go be myself and just have the life that I want to have on, uh, you know, at, you know, in this moment, I'm not right. going to wait one more second. I'm just going to go for happiness now. Right. And right. Tovar is a person who really does that well. And she really, she does it honestly. She does it earnestly, and she, she visually rep- she conveys that on her Instagram account really, really amazingly. Like she is living again non-traditional body type. Um, she is woman of color. She's a uh, lar- you know larger. She self identifies as fat, and she is just fucking going for it in life. You know, like she just does not hold back on just pleasure and enjoyment and just living her best life. And you know she dates who she wants to date. And she, um, you know, she always says yes to the party invitation, you know? And she's mm-hmm. just like looking for adventure and fun and excitement. Like she's just done being, forcing herself to be miserable because maybe she'll be thinner later. Um, which again, like she she actually always tells the story. She's like, yeah even when i was thinner when i was dieting like crazy i was so miserable and i couldn't even go out to eat dinner with my friends you know yeah. like i couldn't even i couldn't eat anything at the restaurant when i was dieting so sure i was thinner but i couldn't even have the relationships the thing that i thought that i would get, <laughs> get past thin, i couldn't even have right. because you had to be so obsessed with dieting to maintain it yeah. um
1: yeah so i've you- i've had a lot of women say well i i lost a lot of weight but i was still attracting jerks and it's like yeah because yeah. weight wasn't the problem. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, honestly, like, and I think that that also kind of goes back to that 3%, right? Like, if you were like dating guys who, for whatever reason, like, cared that you lost weight, like, that's a red flag.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I know that you have a EVA video training series. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and where listeners can find that?
0: Yeah. So, um, I have my sort of like int- internet introduction to my work uh, mm-hmm. is my video training series. I'm not a big social media person. Um, I'm not a big, yeah, I'm mostly just, uh, do my website and I talk to people via email. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I would start if you don't, if you're like, kind of like maybe she's onto something, maybe she knows a thing or two about this whole food body image life thing. Um, definitely check out, I have a free video training series that is designed to help women stop feeling crazy around food right and stop with all of the very you know and kind of end the cycle of diet and cycling all of the sort of various different kinds of compulsive behaviors around food that can accompany that that mental attitudes and way of operating that diet mentality really represents um and so yeah if you're interested in um working around any of this on the realm of food or uh body image certainly we talked about that quite a bit in, um, my programs and my coaching programs. Um, the best introduction to my work is my stop Fading food video training series, which you can find at stopfadingfood.com.
1: Cool. Awesome. And, um, I so appreciate you first coming onto the show. I know this was, this is gonna be so helpful for women listening. And even if it might not be the normal kind of episode that we do, I know that women are going to totally relate and it's going to support them in relationships and dating. Um, so, the question I ask all of my guests is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Ooh, um, probably massage. I'm
0: a bodywork kind of person. I mean, I don't know. It's like a little bit luxurious, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of, it's can be an expensive habit. So I'm not I don't go crazy with it, but if I had to say my favorite, that would be it. My non favorite cheap ways to take care of myself are like, you know, like curling up and like watching curling up in like my favorite, like fluffy chair with all of my pillows and like watching a movie that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I would say, yeah, that's kind of ha- probably what happens more frequently. <laughs> but my favorite with a capital F, like if I was really, you know, if money were no object, I'd probably be getting massages every day.
1: <laughs> nice. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I know, again, like I said, this is going to be so helpful for my audience. And I just so appreciate you taking the time and sharing some really great gems and, and wisdom. So, um, so everyone go to what is it? Stopfightingfood.com to yes, get that video training. Stopfightingfood.com. Awesome. I don't know if there's going to be like show notes or anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. be in the, it'll be in the yeah. show notes. com forward slash episode 80. Cool. And my right. <laughs> and my blog,
0: you know, at IsabelleFoxandDuke.com,
1: okay. you just
0: go to MyName.com. Um, okay. You know, people get a lot out of my blogs. My blogs kind of, they almost read kind of like my book. Like it's, um, mm-hmm. it's, you could just, <laughs> I feel like people land on my blog and they just, most, they just end up like, people just end up just kind of binge
1: reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a fun I, read. I've, I mean, when I was researching for this interview, I was spent quite a few time or quite a few hours on your blog so it's definitely fun to read and I mean super helpful for me because even though it's not what I teach anymore um, body image and um, that kind of stuff it's still something that it still comes up for me time and time you know time after you know just it's just like an issue and it's like something that's gonna come up but now I have tools to deal with it so I don't feel like I have to pull out my fitness pal.
0: Yeah, it's really, I mean, definitely a major women's issue. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's like one of the biggest areas that women just like feel pressure in general. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think that that pressure necessarily ever goes away. It's just like you said about like, how are you dealing with it? How do you think about how are you managing that pressure? And how are you? How are you? Are you look? You know, this is real. It's really kind of like a form of oppression against women. And like, can we start to think about it in a way that, um you know, is, uh, less harmful, right. And start to kind of, you know, deal with it as something that we don't necessarily have to participate in. You know, it's not my fault that I'm feeling this way and kind of just start to change how we relate to this sort of, excuse my language, like fucked up social situation that we're (laughs) in.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I find I find like, I know we're kind of going off, but like, I find like, looking at it in the bigger context of like, how I feel about body and my body and, you know, my desire to, to lose weight, when I look at it in like the wider social context, it helps a lot, because then I can see, okay, it's, it's, it's not me, I was literally, you know, bred to be this way by society. But also, it's definitely a generational thing within within my family, like, my grandma is has dementia, but yet she can still you know, talk about like how our legs look and all the women in her family have great legs and can't mess that up and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's so. It's
0: it's, for all of us, you know, yeah. I mean, this didn't just start with our generation. Like this has yeah. been way that women have been culturally
1: taught to operate for a long time. Yeah. 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 So true. So it definitely takes a lot more than just listening to an episode like this to, yeah. you know, you got to do some work Yeah, you
0: have so have to do... a video training series. And that's like the beginning and you'll yeah. learn a bunch of stuff and you'll get emails with all sorts of like resources for dealing with body image and body issues and food, diet issues and all sorts of stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, if you are interested at all in this topic of like, Oh gosh, you know, what do I do? I feel crazy around food. I hate my body, Blah blah. blah all of that noise. Um. yeah you probably need support right and so you know I definitely want to share any resources that I have um, to give women that support that's my goal that's my mission
1: yeah I love it well thank you so much and yeah a reminder everyone this, the link will be in the show notes if you want to go grab those those videos alright thank you so much this was so wonderful so I'm just so appreciative thank you thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast remember... Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.